You're listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Each week, we take a single episode of a science fiction TV series or movie and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm John. And tonight we're looking at two more episodes of the David McCallum series, The Invisible Man, episodes eight and nine, starting with episode eight, Stop When the Red Lights Flash. Dan and Kate, on their way to an important meeting, drive through the aptly named Docker Junction, because they'll soon be in the dock for passing a school bus with its flashing lights on. But it's all just a small-town traffic trap scam run by the local sheriff, justice of the peace, town councilor, town treasurer, and court recorder. Dan's sense of justice is offended, and he refuses to pay the outrageous fine and is sentenced to jail. He calls his only lawyer friend, Walter Carlson, for help. In the meantime, he uses his powers as the Invisible Man to investigate and learns that the judge has $2 million in ill-gotten gains, which he is splitting 50-50 with his accomplices. They just don't know they're all his accomplices, and they're being set up for a fall by the judge should things go south. Walter arrives and is caught in the same traffic trap, and when he gets indignant, is also sentenced to jail pending trial. At their trial the next day, Dan has managed to collect enough evidence, and Walter has been able to bring his two friends from the Justice Department and the IRS, and things really hit the fan when he produces their books of illegal takings. I didn't think it needed much more of an episode synopsis of that. Uh, What did you think of... Stop when the red lights flash. Uh, it was all right, I guess. You know, it was a, you know, uh, city folk happen, to, happen upon local yokel uh, crime endeavor being done by the city <laughs> officials and must thwart them. There you go. I think that it, it right there could really... be thrown into a scriptwriter's room for uh, almost any series and they would write an episode about it. In the seventies, I'm going to say I think that was that was literally the entire series of the misadventures of Sheriff Lobo, and uh, the <laughs> yeah. same town too. <laughs> that's 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 Orly, that's Orly <laughs> right there. Um, it's many many ish, many many ish small town in the seventies television, but yeah. yeah what um, else are they going to do? It, you know, it, it's it's um, you know it's uh, sci-fi-no. It's sci-fi in name only. Um, it, it, yeah, pretty much. It, and in fact, I think I think they've even given up on the hardcore spy angle too. Not that it was exactly hardcore, but in other words, they've gone they've gone comedy here. Yeah, I think, I think what they're doing is they're, either, they're exploring what can you do if you're invisible. Yeah, yeah, and that's it. And and maybe maybe they've decided that the fun interplay is. Um, is more amusing than than some of the other uh, aspects of this program. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah I, agree. Were, I yep. you know, I I didn't I didn't not I didn't hate it or anything. It was it was all right. It was just there. I mean, it's got Roger C. Caramel in it, uh, Carmel and Yeah, uh, that was nice. As as the justice of the peace, uh, good old Harry Mudd from Star Trek. To clarify for younger viewers, the real Harry Mud. Yes, not that imposter. Not the new Harry Mud. Yes, not the imposter Harry Mud. But um, and he is the judge, and he plays a villainous judge suitably, a comic villainous judge suitably, and um, yeah, he kind of kept the comedy lower than what you'd expect. Yeah, from, it wasn't, from other shows, but yeah, yeah. Um, for starters, I did a little. <laughs> Because I'm struggling to come up with something to uh, <laughs> to talk about <laughs> for, this, for this particular episode, and uh, four hundred and sixty-five dollars, which was Dan's fine, yes, is approximately two thousand three hundred dollars in today's money. How much? That, that would be a hefty two thousand three hundred dollars. Wow! Holy cow! Yeah, the inflation rate has brought it to about almost five dollars to one from nineteen seventy-five to today. Man. So that that is a big, that's a big fine, right? 
I mean, that, I that's the type of thing. 465 sounds like a big mask. Yeah. 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 So it, it was, uh, it was, uh, it was a lot of money and you can understand why the cheap Westons would yes. be <laughs> particularly incensed. <laughs> like, I'm not going to tip I think you. that yeah. the judge, yeah, I, I would think that the judge would be a little more careful about finding different people, completely different amounts while they're all standing in the same place. Yeah, that just right. Wow, man, just yeah. Right when like, the I, other, I get that people are saying they're just no. Oh, well, your fines for the same thing is going to be half. It's like, mm, right, no, exactly. And you know, and and he detailed what it was for. I know I didn't write down what the bits were, but you know, there were court case fees, and there was the fine, and then there was I don't know surcharge and. <laughs> Like oh yeah, the yeah judge, were, whatever it happened to be yeah exactly yeah payola yeah uh, he, there were definitely some doing, numbers in there that were set they weren't like arbitrary like for fees for things or there should have been there exactly. should have been but he was obviously lying um and he was you know calculating them on a calculator while he was just not even listening to the people make the right now i should point out that the uh that the crime that was committed was the sheriff has placed a non-functional school bus on the main street and turned on the flashing lights and put out the no passing sign on a school bus, which I don't know if this is true everywhere, but in the United States, you don't pass a school bus that has the sign out, right? I mean, that's a, that's a big one because you're going to obviously kill children. And uh, you could. if you do that, well... That's the theory behind it anyway. Um, in this case, Dan no, stopped, got out of the car, checked the bus. There was no one in it. There was no driver in the bus. There were no children. There were other cars driving past, all the local cars. Mm-hmm. So Dan cautiously pulls out, goes around just like all the other cars, and then he's arrested because it, this, is worse than the, this is worse than a speed trap. I mean, this is really... Oh, yeah. This one's really over the line. And at the end, they're towing the bus away, which yeah. tells you that it, it's not even a functional bus. I mean, it is totally there for nothing but to catch this. And so, as I said, I was doing a little number. Now, for starters, the other couple was given, I think, $230 fine. I believe that was the number. Uh, yes. And the Westons got a $465 fine. And, of course, that's partially because their name was Dr. Weston. You know, yes, because you know, doctors. he noted it on the driver's mm-hmm. license. It's Doctor Weston. He can afford to pay more. Young honeymoon couple can't afford to pay as much. Da 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 da. Gives them a fee that they can't mm-hmm. afford to pay. Well, we so we can't draw anything from how much the because if it was consistent, then we would be able to make a draw. But because he's not being consistent, we're going to have to guess that that the average fee is somewhere between what. Dan got and what the honeymooners got. So I worked that out. It's around $350. Now, the judge has $2 million in the safe, and he's keeping all the cash. So that's the total takings. It's 11 years. That is $182,000 a year. And at $350 a pop, that's 520 marks per year that they were bringing Just for that offense. For 11 years. Speed traps might be more you know they might have impounded cars and sold them for a profit who knows well it could be yeah we don't know they could have impounded cars we know they took uh they took fancy gowns mm-hmm. to give away to, to as gifts to the court reporter and things like yep. that so i mean but that's just the cash <laughs> that's just the cash that's a lot of money and of course two million dollars oh, yeah. is ten million dollars in today's money based on those same uh, numbers we talked about earlier. So I mean that that is that is frankly unbelievable, right? I mean this is this is utterly ridiculous that anybody would leave that town and not report them to higher authorities. Well, he did say that his brother-in-law right? I mean, was at the Capitol. So he had some sort of an in there. He can't he, he can't yes, he did, but he can't he cannot yeah, run interference. You can't explain for away that. that big of a yeah. criminal enterprise. I mean, exactly. they just go to the Justice Department, or they go to to the press, or you know somebody. That that is just mm-hmm. 
that's ridiculous. You know, a speed trap. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna justify speed traps, right? But they can place signs so that you're likely not to see them, and they, you know, on roads that your better judgment would make you think is a higher speed, and right. they can nail you. And it's kind of hard to argue it. Mm-hmm. It's like you were speeding. That is the zone. Here we're talking about a non-functional bus with no kids on it there 24 hours a day, which apparently everyone in town knows about because they all just drive around it. Yeah, exactly. So everyone in town exactly. knows they're doing this. I, 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 I think this story is a tad on the unrealistic side, and that's not just because there's an invisible man in it. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah, true. I yes. mean, uh, okay. okay. So, <laughs> so that's one thing. Across my mind. Mm-hmm. I did love the fact that they actually have a secret tube for keeping Dan's extra face. <laughs> yeah, in. I like that. It's in the tackle box, though. So it's, you know, even if it's a sealed metal can, Dan's going to smell like a fish after a while. Not if he never catches fish. Well. I mean, that could be a, that could be a disguise tackle box. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't, suppose. Dan doesn't pick, capture me as a fisherman. No, neither does Kate, actually. Exactly. I didn't see any rods in there yeah. either. Yeah, so that was just that was just a convenient. I have a tackle box. I don't go fishing. I own a tackle box. Hmm. It's like it's handy for partsy stuff. No, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. So I okay, that. But I love the fact that the sheriff brings that in and goes, "Oh, so you must be a bank robber or something <laughs> yeah. with like, this mask." And he, and it's like, why would you have a mask that looks like you? That's, yeah, exactly. That's a brilliant criminal. <laughs> well, granted, the mask, was, <laughs> the mask was pretty rough, so it might be difficult to actually figure out that it is the guy sitting in the uh, the jail cell. Maybe. Maybe. I yeah, thought I Kate know. was very clever catching on and saying that was for a couple's... Uh, oh, yeah. So basically yeah, covering is. on for what they did for Barnard once out, where they, they just put another mask on. See, we went as mm-hmm. a couple. We both went as Dan. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. <laughs> I also I also enjoyed the gyrations. In fact, so much so that I think they had help on this for when Dan the first time he gets in bed, <laughs> he takes his head off and places it in bed. Yeah. It it almost looked like cuz he did he obviously didn't actually take it off, right? I mean, that's that's not the mask coming off. That's that's David McCallum just rolling his eyes up in his head. And sticking yeah, his head laying on the there pillow. Like a, yeah, laying there like he's dead almost. So to to do that, it had to be two other people's hands doing it. It had to be a different actor working the head. And I or thought that hand. was he's he's done that. Well, yeah, or someone doing doing the hand acting. Um, mm-hmm. He's done that in the past where it's been his head, but it's always been obvious that his body could have just laid down in the position the way it was but in this case it had to be somebody moving their hands in a, a unnatural direction the way his butt, torso would be to get his head in there it it looked you know as good as it's gonna look but i uh they had a lot of fun with that with with the, him in the bed and hiding and slipping in and out of jail all the time yeah that was pretty good actually <laughs> Perhaps a little unrealistic at how many times they opened the gate for him, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, you know, the sheriff doesn't really strike me as a very uh, intelligent gentleman. Uh, <laughs> Did you? Uh, hey, I'll tell you what the sheriff strikes me as. He strikes me as a man who can really, really hold his liquor. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He yeah. had six doubles That's of, I think, lot. whiskey. That is... Your dead levels of whiskey <laughs> drinking. Pretty much. Unless you're from a small town, then, you know, that's an aperitif. And he was functionally operational in an hour or two. Yeah. At his desk. <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, he had a little headache or something, but yeah, he was, he was mobile. Yeah. I mean, he's not, he was not stumbling, falling down slurring his words mm-hmm. he was he was he looked more like he was on the next day's hangover than he did <laughs> yeah two hours after having s- the effect of 12 whiskeys uh mm-hmm. 
Uh, that was oh. the uh, the game that wow. Kate called Chugalug. Is that actually a game or just a Chugalug a term? Is... Yeah. Well, I no, I'd, I'd only heard yeah. that as lyrics I mean, of the I... song from the seventies. Yeah, I think when you when you uh, when you see them in the in those college shows and they're going chug it, chug it, chug. That's Chugalug. That that's the game. Oh, well, I've never Not heard it called. Game. I've never heard the <laughs> a lug on the end of it. Oh, all right. I. I yeah, it, it interesting it, that Kate knew about that. <laughs> I th- I think there's a lot about Kate that uh, would be interesting to yeah, know. <laughs> I think she probably she probably had a very interesting college life. Yep. Yes, I think so. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. I think, I think that uh, Kate um, is definitely a she can have her own show. <laughs> <laughs> Might even be better if it was just the Kate Weston show. Kate Weston. In yeah, the, I, I used to be more married I to the Invisible these, Man. I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking of uh, was it uh, Mrs. Columbo, the spinoff yes. of the Columbo show? Kate Mulgrew. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. That didn't last long though. Oh well. <laughs> I've never True, even seen an episode still, of it, but uh, I think I did it when it first came on. But yeah, I don't remember it. Hmm. At one point, they uh, the sheriff is going to wake up Dan, who is not actually in the bed, right? And but he is in the cell, and so. He he physically assaults the sheriff, <laughs> and Walter pretends like he's giving him the um, uh, the inner he's the cl- psychic inner eye. He's clouding your mind. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the inner eye, <laughs> the inner eye, and and he physically harms the sheriff. Yeah, I, I mean, not serious harm, but in other words, he he twists his arm behind his back, he yanks his legs out from under him, he he, mm-hmm. he kind of throws him around. Maybe it's just my jaded twentieth first century view of a sheriff, but Walter would be dead, white or not. Oh yeah, yeah. I well, mean, like I said, he, I don't think the sheriff's throw, very smart. Even and he admits he's doing it. He admits he was doing it. Exactly. <laughs> right? So, no, I'm doing that to you. Okay. Let's see if you can do that with a bullet in between your eyes. Well, that could uh, also be yeah. a testament of just how drunk the man really was. It's true. He was not acting drunk, but he was still very soon after being drunk, I yeah. think. Or was that the next morning? Um, hmm. No, it wasn't the next morning. It had to be that same day because the next morning was Dan faking sickness. Oh, that's right, right. Because his, his, his uh, yeah, yeah, he's going for the hearing that morning, tummy right? Hurts. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he was he was totally you know three sheets to the wind, or whatever the term is. Yeah. So maybe that happens to him a lot. Could be. The court recorder did seem to think uh, seem to have an indication of that. So yeah, I suppose it's possible. Um, speaking of three sheets to the wind, the town drunk. Yeah. Which apparently Dan does not see the slightest problem <laughs> with. Affecting all his invisible actions in front of right. the town drunk. Right. He keeps pouring drinks. He rides a bicycle, which I got to say, I've never ridden a bicycle naked, but I never want to. Mm, yeah, you have to be careful <laughs> of the, uh, the, yeah, the Ooh. arrangements. Yeah. Yes, and the materials and right. all sorts of things. Yeah, that right. that is just, that is a no- no, no, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, good. There's also, speaking of the naked Dan running through town, at <laughs> the end of the episode, as he's harassing the judge, who's yeah. trying to escape <laughs> with the money, mm-hmm. the judge finally breaks through the glass window of his door and runs out into the street. And Dan follows him Yep. through the broken glass. <laughs> I guess he got lucky. It, maybe it was safety He'd glass. He'd have to be. Even even that would have hurt. He'd have to be. That was a, it's a little bit. And and again at the end of the episode, uh, the Westons eschewing uh, the important work so they can go have sexy time somewhere. Exactly. So we're kind of back yeah. to that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Even after they they screwed up for a day or two and missed these important meetings, they kind of anyway. <laughs> uh i don't know i i don't know i have nothing else i struggled Let's for that see. but it was amusing 
Uh, the sheriff could have gotten him on an actual charge of not having a rearview mirror in their car. I think that's a crime in some states because the, their vehicle Do doesn't have a rearview mirror because the... it would have shown the camera sitting in the back seat as they were driving. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about the one between the driver, not side rearview mirrors. Yeah. Well, yeah. But this is clearly California. And as we all know, California has the most lax uh, vehicle regulations in the entire country. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Okay, for people who don't know California, that's a lie. <laughs> yeah. It's like, um... That is the opposite of a lie. Yeah. <laughs> that's the opposite of the truth. They are uh, they're, they're quite uptight about their car stuff. Yep. Can I have the thing <laughs> From the placement of your else, yeah. stuff on windows and... Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, mm -hmm. it's all... They're all... They're all ready to get your ticket. So you could believe any time in California you're going to get a ticket. You just might as well assume that they, that you are. Yeah, just stop by the nearest police officer and give yourself up. Uh, yeah, let's see. Just, just um, give it up. It was a very interesting uh, APF Mark uh, 6 vacuum fluorescent display, eight-digit uh, calculator he was using. I thought that was kind of cool. Uh, oh, the, uh, the Justice there. of the Peace? The, yeah, the JP was using to calculate things up. It would have not have been cheap back then. It was sold for about ninety bucks back in nineteen seventy four. So, yeah, forty five dollar calculator. Then, I I guess I remember my first. Well, you're saying with inflation? About, well, yeah, close to four hundred forty five bucks then. No, to eighty nine dollars. You said it was seven. Oh, eighty nine. I heard nine. Sorry, I thought no, you said no, nine dollar calculator. I thought, whoa, all right, that's not oh, very no, no, expensive, no. John. But all right, I'll go no, with it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Sorry, no, a little I'll pricey. Go with it. <laughs> Okay. Yes, we that's about a glitch it. Glitch out in the audio feed there. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> when you said it, I was like, "Really? You think nine dollars <laughs> is expensive? You should demand a raise." <laughs> your fancy new agency. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> get out there and get some money, John. Come on, nine dollar calculator even today? That's nothing. <laughs> Anyway, all the calculators were not cheap back then. No, they were not actually. They were, there were no, there were no cheap calculators. Expensive. There nope. were no cheap calculators. But nope, they're all hand sewn by uh, by old ladies in the uh, Tibetan mountains. Texas Instruments, yeah, <laughs> the Texas Instruments plant. Yes. <laughs> all right, then let's take a look at episode nine. Mm -hmm. Pin money. Walter Carlson's aunt Maggie has got a problem. She's a downtrodden cog in an unthinking and unfeeling capitalistic system that values profits over people. Having given her life working for the First Bank of Harperville, she has no pension and no hope for the future. To try to survive her golden years with dignity, she turned to gambling. So now she's got a gambling problem, too. Actually, she's got several other problems now. She has a gullibility problem because the people she's been playing poker with have been systematically cheating her. She's also going to be out of a job soon because she's being replaced as the bank's bookkeeper by a newly installed computer. Also, the less-than-scrupulous computer installer has discovered that she's embezzled $30,000 from the bank before the system goes live, and he's blackmailing her for... $15,000 to fix it before the system comes online Monday. That would be $15,000, which she doesn't have because she's got a gambling problem. She turns to her only relative, Walter Carlson, for help. But he doesn't have time for her as he's on his way to make money for the Clay Corporation. The harsh injustice of capitalism again kicking her in the face in her moment of desperate need. Dan and Kate get involved and discover her secret, and Dan surreptitiously uses his powers as the Invisible Man to cheat the cheaters at the poker game, allowing Maggie to win enough money to pay back what she took. Instead of paying the blackmailer, Dan concocts a plan to return all $30,000 by robbing the bank first thing on Monday morning, and then, instead of actually taking money, sneak the money back in and replace it, then removing his disguise and disappearing. 
making his escape. It all goes to plan, except Maggie has two more problems. Walter returns and decides he needs to see her, and is in the bank when the robbery occurs, and it must be bank robbing season because two more bank robbers show up in identical costumes to Dan to rob the same bank at the same time. Comedy ensues, but in the end, the money is returned, the Westons escape, the blackmailer is framed by Dan as the bank robber, and Maggie is the hero of the day for capturing the bank robbers. Out of gratitude, the bank promises to work her until the day she dies, because she still doesn't have a pension plan, but at least she's got a job. The end. So, what did you think of pin money? Um, yeah, that, uh, I only have one page of notes on that one, so, as opposed to two for the last episode, <laughs> so that should tell you something right there. Really? Wow. See, I actually enjoyed this one quite a bit more, because I felt like oh, they just Oh, it was better than the last gone. one. Screw it. Yeah, they just said, screw oh, yeah. it, let's go for the fun. It, We've been canceled. It, this is the worst <laughs> idea that Dan has already. ever had. I, 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 either he is just bored with life, or he's just, actually, the invisibility is driving him insane. <laughs> well, we know that's uh, supposedly what happens, uh in the H.G. Wells. Maybe that's part of the story arc for the series. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Building up to the complete breakdown. <laughs> yes. I learned something in this episode that uh, this shocked the heck out of me. What's that? And that is that the noise that they use for the $6 <laughs> million dollar man's bionic uh -huh. eye is actually the sound of a 1975 computer. Yeah, apparently. I think, I think that they will have far more killings and murders in that bank if the people have to work with the bionic eye sound running continuously throughout oh, yeah. their work day. Definitely. You know, like the, the bridge I, of the I Enterprise know, with, the, with that, that noise. They drive everybody nuts. Probably, yeah. That, that, that notion that computers had to make noise to let you know that they were working... Back in the old days, I mean, the, well, the I only mean, fit noise the they fans make blown is that fan like noise. Crazy. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, the fans are running. The day is going to be good. <laughs> that's right. You know, when that's the, the fans truth. stop. Yeah, <laughs> it's like ah, oh, darn it, <laughs> time to it's do work. <laughs> <laughs> how many days? Seriously, how many days have you walked, and, and you and I have worked in the same place in the past, how many days have you walked into the office and gone, it's too quiet in here? Yep. Exactly. <laughs> this is not a good thing. Exactly. There is something wrong. Yeah. It's like you walk into a room and it's like, I smell something burning. And then you spend the next yeah, hour trying to figure out what that is. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's the feel. It's Mister Scott. The feels wrong, Captain. What do you mean, Mister? Exactly. I don't know, but it feels wrong. You mean all the lights are off, Scotty? Aye, that's what feels wrong. The lights that are too. out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yes. Um, so um, we have that. Yep. The lady who played Maggie. Yes, Helen. She Queen. was a hoot. She was a hoot. I adored her in this part. <laughs> she was, when she's sitting there at the, you know, she's a nice old lady. She's sitting there at the poker table and, and she's, I mean, she's just playing it like she's a dead serious poker player. But at the same time, she's just really loves her poker and not in the, this is a job kind of way. Yeah. In the. Poker is fun, and I make money at it. <laughs> yeah, I'm bubbly and effervescent, and I know how to make money at this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know somebody like yeah. that actually. It's, yep. So it was, it was, and and then when she is, she's got all this money, which I'm gonna just go right here. Pin money is that a term <laughs> you were familiar with going into this? Yes. Okay, you I you can be easily forgiven that anybody today. <laughs> we have no clue what that term means because it is it is absolutely obsolete outside of nineteen fifties sitcoms. Um, it is basically a wife's uh, a wife's budget for her unnecessary items 
frivolous stuff from right. her husband's money. Hats. And, yeah, or pins. <laughs> I yeah, guess a hat yeah. pin. It's my pin money. Exactly. I, I, I didn't actually see what the why it was called pin, but, but that is what the... That is what the term is. You just you just don't hear it anymore. Uh, I and think it was a reference to uh, sewing. It's probably I, yes. It's yeah. probably a reference to sewing. But um, it it, it uh, you know you might hear it on the old Dick Van Dyke show or something. But uh, when you know the wife says, "Oh, I, I I bought it out of my pin money for like a present or something, or for her husband or something," it, it's 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 really outdated and obsolete and completely wrong. Because this woman is not married. She is not on a budget from her husband. This is just her money. <laughs> right. So I, I'm not even sure why they chose that that name, unless it was just supposed to be an old lady kind of using an outdated term because she's an old lady. Yeah, it's just it's a trifling amount of money, you know, that you can just spend yeah. and it's for fun. Yeah. Uh, Merriam-Webster says it's from anyway. 1674. Wow. See, it's, it's quite, it's quite yeah, a long way back. I didn't know that. Back. Holy cow. Anyways. And it's gone now. So. <laughs> yes. I, I'd say it's yep. gone. I'd say the word's gone now. It's it's probably dead. Uh, I don't, they don't put death dates on them in, that, in the dictionary. But <laughs> no. I, I'm suspecting the 1980s <laughs> probably knocked that one off. Um, I'd like to hope. I'd like to hope. But yeah, anyway, so she's got all this money, which she wins. She doesn't realize Dan's helping her. I love the fact that Dan is sitting under the table. So the the way the guys are cheating is they're giving signals to each other. Really obvious oh, yeah. signals. It's like it's like watching um what was the the naked gun when Drebin was doing the baseball signals? Oh yeah, yeah. Or and the, the baseball players were all you know, the nose and the ears, the hat and the tug and this, that. And the other. These, these guys are doing that at the table. It's mm -hmm. really obvious. And then they're swapping cards. You know, like I, one guy's going, I need a nine. And the other guy's going, I need a queen or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they'll just, they'll just put their hands under the table and swap cards. So Dan's down there with the rest of the deck, which that mm -hmm. doesn't make any sense. Because didn't they notice the deck's missing? And whenever they'd swap cards, he'd just give them a different card. Oh, I think it was an extra deck. Off to the side. Oh, it could have been an extra deck. Yeah. So he gives them a different card. Mm -hmm. and, uh, <laughs> and so random they, card. they lose. They could have still won. But uh, so she uh, she cleans up and she gets enough money. And so she has been staying with the Westons because she was expected to stay with Walter. And Walter and just like, sayonara. And uh, so she stayed <laughs> I have work night to at the do. And she's And she stuck out in the middle of the night to go gambling. <laughs> and Dan followed her. This is how this... This happens. Mm -hmm. And um, so then she leaves. So, of course, the Westons are worried. They don't know what's going on. They don't know about the gambling and the embezzlement, the computers, and the blackmailer, and, all, and, the, and the bank robbers. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and um, so they follow her back to her hometown. And when they show up at the door, she's got all the money out. And she's trying to hide it. And, I mean, she's just doing the stupidest, <laughs> stupidest thing you can imagine shoving it under cushions, trying to shove it in uh, the tea cupboard and yeah. uh, stuffing it in the cookie jar. And, and there's just there's cash littered all yeah. over the house. Picks up a stack of money and loses about half of it as she turns to put uh -huh. it to a drawer. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It's like Richie yeah. Rich's house. And so when she, money all over the place. Yeah. And when, when she lets the Westons in, they just all look at the floor and there's just cash. Well, I, I haven't cleaned up. There's a little clutter. <laughs> yeah. And, and nobody's. Mentioning it at all for a while. Do you want to make some tea? Yeah, right. Yeah. No, no. And, oh, yeah. She gets at the teacups and there's a wad of cash in there. And they put yeah, it in that's of awesome. Kate. He's like, uh. Almost as bad as Tribbles. Yeah. <laughs> she, she stubbed it in the cookie jar and, and Kate picks up the cookie jar. And she's like, oh, what are you doing this? What is it? It's a candy jar. She says, oh, can I have a piece of candy? No, 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 no. No, no. Would you rather have tea? <laughs> she looks at anyone who's <laughs> cash. And just. I just, it's like, and and like I say, this woman is just playing this perfectly. Mm -hmm. She's just, she's got this sort of, I know I'm caught, but I'm going to bluff it out. Exactly. I'm just going to continue <laughs> on. Yeah, we're just going to Maybe gonna they going aren't going to notice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We'll all pretend like they don't see this. Because <laughs> yeah, we're very polite. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, so she helps Dan and Kate with a bank robbery. 
that, that, <laughs> that Dan comes up with a stupid, God. stupid idea. I don't know what the right idea is. <laughs> I, 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 don't I don't know what either. The right idea you know, is. Uh, couldn't couldn't she just come yeah. in with thirty thousand dollars in a bag, walk into the safe, set it down on the floor, and then walk out, and then yeah, exactly. When they go in there, it's like, like oops, well, a pile oh, of cash 30, fell down. What's it doing over here? Whoopsie daisy. What is it? Fix that over. Right, um, right. And, and when, when banks it, had when they're actually doing the theft, the robbery, they walk in with two paper bags, brown paper shopping bags, full of cash. Kate has a pillow stuffed under her dress to make her look pregnant, and that's full of cash. And then they're 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 taking the money out and like trying to stack it on the shelves. It's like no, just drop it on the floor because there's a bank robbery. robbery. Using air quotes here. And, you know, things happen. Yeah. Oh, okay. A bunch of money fell down. There you go. Done. It's, uh, geez. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I, I know they had to <laughs> to pad it out so they could they could uh, make Mr. Satan Baldy guy uh, go to jail, too. But, yeah. And the town like of Harperville. Oh, it looks a lot like um, Docket Junction. Yeah. But they did have that long establishing shot of some random street in Los Angeles or someplace like that um, at the very beginning to get your mind off the fact that you're about to see the exact same city set as last week. Exact so same town as you did last week. Yeah. yeah. Same buildings in the because background. It, this the whole is also thing. The, the home of the three dumbest bank robbers in the state oh, of California. Geez. Dan included? Some guys. I mean, okay. Yes, I'm including Dan. Mm-hmm. Some guys decide to rob the Harperville Bank, and they think, hey, it's the middle of June, or whenever it was. Let's go to the yeah. local, a local store and buy the masks that we're going to rob the bank in a thousand-person town. Exactly. How stupid are you? You buy the masks in a different town. Yeah. I Dan has an excuse. Yeah. He's just come up with a stupid plan on the fly. Exactly. And these guys and, might have been thinking know, about no it costume since, like, stores in other towns. But breakfast the previous day. No, because he he the the guy selling the bank said they he sold two earlier in the week. So oh, okay. So they've had a couple of days to to sober up and think about yeah, other things. To, but apparently they didn't. They just had enough money to left over to keep drinking to to keep this idea fresh in their minds. And they happen to all wear the same black costumes. What that? So you know, that's, all three uh, bank robbers are wearing a California. Frankenstein mask, and the, yeah, and the black outfit. So of course nobody can tell who's who amongst the bank robbers, and which is where the right. bit where Maggie in the end actually takes the gun away from the guy she thinks is Dan, <laughs> but isn't, and then he gets arrested. So. Aren't the police going to get suspicious when a key witness of this robbery, the pregnant blonde woman, turns out to be a not pregnant blonde woman? Because wouldn't she have to appear for court? I would think for so. the trial, because there's going to be the, a trial for these guys. Yeah, perhaps the Clay Corporation will iron that out later. Step in and uh, take care of that little problem. Um, you know, yeah. if they could do that, they should have been able to take care of that parking fine last in the in the last episode. But uh, that's one. Very true. And then the next one is let's let's talk about the ethics of some of this episode. One, cheating the <laughs> cheaters. Is that okay? Uh, no. <laughs> you just bring them to justice, and there you go. I'm sorry. Do you want me to keep talking about that, or? <laughs> No, no, I just, I just, I'm, I'm putting it to you. It's like, is that, you know, I can, if you were an invisible man and. It's the two wrongs don't make a right thing. But is he, no, wait, but wait, 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 wait. Uh-huh. He's, he's thwarting their cheating. In other words, yeah. he is, they are actively cheating. He is thwarting the cheating. He's not profiting from it. So is he cheating? He's not even in the game. <laughs> oh well it, yeah so you're talking I, about the I, poker game yeah that's yeah yes it, I'm, go yes, ahead. I'm talking about you the know, poker game have yeah. at it yeah yeah now, i was thinking you're talking about robbing a bank to actually put money into it 
No, 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 no. Robbing the bank, I think, is definitely uh, seems like a bad idea. And, you know, somebody could get hurt. Yeah, definitely. Uh, sure. Just because the bank guard doesn't have a gun because Dan took it from him does not mean <laughs> that five yeah. other people in that bank don't have guns. Because say what you will about California being a, we're just picking on California today. Yeah, California being a liberal state, rural California, not so mm. much. Nope. No, no, no. Rural California is very much like Arizona. And, uh, actually, uh, rural anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, trust me, I just came back from South Dakota. Is, so, yeah. Well, <laughs> well, there you go. So, the fact that nobody else pulled a gun and shot somebody is uh, is an amazing. Uh, it was a more in, enlightened in time in the seventies. Uh, they were looking forward to a bright, shining future where Star Trek was on our horizons and not Mad Max. Um, yes, yeah. something like that. So. Yeah. <laughs> Something a post-apocalyptic plague-ravaged wasteland. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure when Dirty Harry um, came out. Um, was that in the 70s or the 80s? Mid-70s, yeah. Mid-70s. Yeah. Oh, oh maybe they hadn't seen that yet. So uh, returning the money, obviously robbing the bank is not. But again, so, but ignoring ignoring the bank robbery, mm -hmm. trying to return the money. If he could have found a way to return the money without committing a bank robbery. Such as, you know, it, 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 I don't know what it would be. But in other words, if he could get into the bank and he could return the money without breaking any laws. Yeah. I mean, are, are you breaking laws walking into a bank and leaving money behind? I don't know. But is that is that ethical Depends for him to try it. to help a little old lady who's a criminal, who's obviously a criminal? But she's a little old lady. Yeah. She's your boss's aunt. Yeah. I'm thinking that is, in fact, actually aiding and abetting a crime because the crime oh, is embezzlement. Yeah. And even You're if she was intending up. to return the money, well, if she, okay, so if, let's say she, she embezzled the money. She took out $30,000 mm -hmm. and let's say she put it back. It's still a crime. Yeah. The crime yeah. is wasn't done. It wasn't hers to loan. Yeah. So putting, putting it back doesn't undo the crime unless you're covering it up. And so yeah, Dan, is, Dan is committing a felony, I would assume. By participating in this, not just the robbery, but also participating in the uh, cover-up of the embezzlement. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then finally, and this one's, this one's the worst one to me, and I don't know how he did it. And, of course, they aren't going to tell us ever. How did he frame the bank How did he get the bank robber dressed up in his clothes? Or the so blackmailer quickly. dressed um, up in his clothes without him going naked and invisible? Well, oh, easy. The the um, the the bald-headed uh, computer guy. He fainted dead away when Dan took his head off. And oh, it was invisible. you're right. He did. He fainted, faint. and then right. Dan headbutted the thief, and he went unconscious for a little while. So yeah, you're right. You're Dan right. would have had a little bit of time to try undressing and then dressing a, an an unconscious man. Wow. Uh, yeah, that can't okay. be easy. But you All know, right. maybe I'll, he's got a lot of practice. I take doing that criticism back. But that is still um, that is still framing him for a felony. Yes, I mean he's a blackmailer. You can argue that he deserves some punishment, but right. that ain't the way to do it. Yeah, there's a really good chance that uh, uh, you know, nice innocent uh, Maggie actually did go to prison after this. Uh, once the whole thing came to court and uh, everybody lawyered up, started looking it, at the very, evidence. It's very likely. I got the impression from that newspaper article mm -hmm. that they knew. Despite some yeah. accounting irregularities, Maggie's exactly. a hero and she'll have a job for life. And it's, and, and it's like, I think it already has come out and the bank manager mm. has just decided... Truly has a heart that, of gold. Yeah, I paid. I got paid back, and uh, she got she captured the bank robbers. So I guess we can overlook this one. I mean, but, and she's but, you know, obviously still no pretty pension, cheap to So basically, no an old lady yeah. now has a job for the rest of her life. Yeah, for nine uh, years yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I think this really points out the you know the failings of our system where 
a woman can have a job and work faithfully at a bank all her life and then have nothing. Yep. Except for that big old house, which was apparently left to her. And, uh, you know, I mean, where is she going to turn? Tom Selleck for a reverse mortgage? Sell that house, get a small income for the rest of her life? <laughs> Possibly. And, and not be swindled at she all. Might know, she, she might owe so much in uh, back taxes that it wouldn't be worth it. Well, better get, go gambling. <laughs> Get back to the small town guys. Exactly. Them every Time week, to go to Reno. To them. Raise, exactly. raise the stakes, lady. Just raise the stakes. Yeah. Go to Laughlin. Just ignore Vegas. Yeah, there you go. And um, <laughs> at the end of this episode, I feel like the bank manager knows. I feel like Walter, who was in the bank, saw Kate there, is fully cognizant right. of the powers of the invisible man. And he keeps asking, where's Dan? Where's Dan? It's like, hey, dude, Dan is the invisible man. If he were mm -hmm. standing right next to you, Kate's not going to tell you right now where he is. Exactly. And seriously, there's been a bank robbery and it's all gone cattywampus. Don't you think Dan is here? Mm -hmm. The clay resource is active on this job. It, it it strikes oh, yeah. me as so unlikely that Walter wouldn't put all this together because he's not supposed to be an idiot. Yeah, not supposed right? he, to be. He's anyways. got to know that Dan yeah. and Kate were doing something at the bank yeah. uh, involving masks. And, and especially when Kate is like, no, 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 don't take the masks off of him. No, don't take the mask off that guy. No, 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 no. Well, definitely don't take the mask off that second guy. Oh, well, then whatever you do, do not take the mask off the third guy. And she's like, okay. Um, I'm thinking Walter should have been clued in on the whole mask thing at, at that point. <laughs> yeah, possibly. It's like, well, why does Kate well, you know, maybe masks just... removed? Oh, masks. Yes, got it. Yeah, not that he could have so, done a lot. Um, and maybe he's used to the Westons having a very unusual um, sense of humor and very peculiar hobbies. And it's just one of them. Mm, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> mm. Well, they keep going to parties dressed as Dan. So. <laughs> yeah, that's strange enough. I did appreciate the line where where I did appreciate the line where uh, uh, Dan forgets that he's wearing the Frankenstein mask. And he says something yeah. like, I can't go out there like this. And 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 Kate looks at him and says, Wrong mask, Dan. Oh yeah, okay. And 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 of course Maggie overhears that and he's like, Huh? Wrong mask. What do you mean? <laughs> it was it was a good line. I guess you get used to mm -hmm. wearing a mask all the time. Now, I did, think that did, one's um, gonna fit a bit better than the other one. Did did you feel like that Frankenstein mask looked a bit like David McCallum? I, I, I don't really think those masks that. usually kind of take on the shape, take on the shape of the guy that's wearing it. But when he walked in the room, I'm like, that looks like David McCallum in a Frankenstein mask. And I don't know why. But when the bank robbers hmm. came in, it was obviously not David McCallum. I could tell them apart in the masks, just standing there. And so huh. when all three of them were standing there and she's wondering, I'm like, none of those are David. Now, I don't know if he had a slightly different mask than the others. Not supposed to be in the context of the show, but... Oh, that's um, what you call good acting. He was emoting differently, so the mask was different. He's conveying... He was em okay, could be. I I'll, I'll take it. I, I like the fact <laughs> that he was doing his Cockney bank robber, too. Oh, yeah. I got to sound tough. I think. I think that was a Cockney <laughs> bank, gang, bank Just robber. horribly muffled at, by at the first, mask. At first, I thought it was supposed to be Boston. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Mm hmm Anyway. All right. Well, that's it for pin money. Do you have anything else? Um, I was kind of curious why uh, when Walter went to get the, uh, the the champagne from her birthday at the very end to celebrate all this, he uh, came back with a handful of money and says, look, it's your lucky day. It's like, um, it's money in her house. Why would it be her lucky day? Wouldn't also, that be assumed that it's her cash? That, that should be more of a tip-off that there's something going... Yeah, something's up. Yeah, definitely. I think there was a fishy. long and lengthy discussion yeah. after that. Yeah. There, Walter just has a, a more bizarre sense of humor than the uh, the Westons do. Yeah. <laughs> I, you didn't, but you didn't know this, but you actually had cash in one of your frequently used drawers. I forgot what he yeah, was going to get. Yeah, funny how that got uh, there, huh? Oh, champagne, mm -hmm. yeah. Exactly. 
you're rich. So she actually made turned a profit out of this deal. Uh, yeah, sounds like it. Yep. And Dan, if he's smart, told her that those guys were cheating her. Because if he didn't, she'll go right exactly. back Exactly. Yep. And yeah, lose I, it again. I would hope that that was, a, that was discussed in the car ride or something like that. Yeah. How did you know that? I uh, can't tell you. Clay resource. I do. <laughs> Tech Texas Bar is well known mm-hmm. at the Clay Resource as being a cheater's paradise. They were definitely swindling you. And don't talk to truck drivers if you want to get tips on where to go gamble. Yes, that too. Yes. <laughs> yes, that too. So <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, I don't know which the next two are, but whatever they are, I'm sure they're just going to be, you know, down that path. (laughs) But we're getting close to the end. I think there's only 12. Uh, There's four episodes left. Oh, there's four. Excellent. That way we're, it's even. Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. We'll be even. Uh, We don't have to, like, try to pull a threefer or something. Oh, boy. (laughs) That would be rough. All right. John, thank you for joining me. You're very welcome. And listeners. I do hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. We hope you've enjoyed listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. There are over 500 previous episodes available at FusionPatrol.com. Come join the conversation on Twitter, our website, or Facebook. Find out how you can become a supporter at Patreon.com slash Fusion Patrol. Supporters get early access to all regular episodes, bonus episodes, and more. There's even an optional podcast series where we're looking at the classic TV series, Babylon 5. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production. On the next episode of Fusion Patrol, we'll be looking at the animated Doctor Who recreation, Fury from the Deep. Please join me, Eugene... And me, Simon, when we're going to be looking at single-minded bosses in Doctor Who, turning the power of Victoria's screaming into a force against evil, what makes a good companion departure, and whether the animated running in these Doctor Whos is actually getting any better. And also this week on our Anla Shock tier at Patreon.com, we'll be looking at the Babylon 5 episode, Infection. As we discuss parallels with present and historical political events we talk about religious fanaticism colonialism and racial purity and we discuss how you can make xeno archaeology sexy on tv we hope you'll come join the conversations